Live from the ego and the child, this is Drill Trains of Thought. everyone uh, we're back for a, a regular podcast and we're actually at some sort of normal location here here this i like tasty stuff i know here. i like being here in england it's, yeah. it's good it's very it's very quaint little spot we're at here although yeah. um i don't know what we're doing in the 1940s how but did that happen th- there is that little bit but i was gonna say there could be worse times but uh maybe not <laughs> Yeah, when, when you've got Churchill on your on your radio, it's. Uh, I mean, I, don't well, get me wrong. I love Churchill, yeah. but I mean that it's kind of a bad. We're in the wrong time. Period. Yeah, we're in the wrong time period. But at least we're not. Last we had we had to apologize for last episode. The, yeah, the microphone not, was going early, and we didn't really like feel like doing it all over again. So it, it, it kind of worked. It, it it seemed to make sense in the end. So yeah, but now we're here. It's. Uh, April, well, at yeah. least back home it's back April. Home, I'm yeah. not sure what month it is here. Well, in I don't want to ask too much. I yeah might ruin the the whole time stream and something like that. That that's that's quite possible. So should we go ahead and get uh, jump right in? Let's do it. Story school. You know, I do feel a little um, intimidated, you know, seeing these seats, talking as if we know something when um, other authors who are way better have sat in these seats here. That's that's a fair point. Luckily, like Lewis and Tolkien and them, they aren't here right now because... Because then we just fanboy over them and make them record this And they probably, like, would read one of our things and laugh at it or try not to laugh at it. (laughs) Like, apparently they read of some other authors... That's that's true. We <laughs> it makes gives me hope though. It makes me feel like we nowadays who uh, who like to do riffs on Twilight or whatever, you know, not too far off from Lewis and Tolkien apparently doing that with their own literary contemporaries. But anyways, we thought we'd try to do something a little practical today. We've done a couple more uh, philosophical and abstracty con- uh, topics lately. I mean, meta's a little yeah timey wimey exposition and, romance. Yeah. You we've know, done big, we've done some big picture big picture stuff. stuff. So we're going to yeah. do kind of like how to help you in your writing life. Do do. And so we're going to talk about how to be a writer's block. And we're going to attempt to know how to be the writer's block. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've sort of spoofed this. Remember back in the uh, second year anniversary, we uh, did a little spoof on our attempted cure writing writer's block. It didn't go so well. <laughs> I mean, hopefully um, it was funny, but it wasn't actually very practical. No. Actually, a lot of those uh, spoofed topics we've then recycled, and we might try again, actually. Yes. Not the Looney Tune theology. but <laughs> <laughs> No, no. But, but, okay, so being writer's block. When we were thinking about this, we thought, well, first let's figure out what kind of writer's block there are. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want your list of this? Have you are you blocked on? I well, you have it in front of you in case we need it. That's true. Okay. So, <laughs> um, but before, before what I didn't write on the list, I was thinking. I think there's really two types. It, it boils down to two types of things. One is mental, mm-hmm. meaning you just for whatever reason you you're afraid you can't you can't write it. Another some is more logistical, like you just don't have the right words or the right maps or the right whatever yet mm-hmm. but okay let's go let's go through some of these things that stop you from writing okay i'll just throw one out is just fear fear is a big one fear you're just like uh if i start this it will be because it always happens yeah the idea in your head is not as good as on paper it never <laughs> the, yeah. the paper version is never as good 
And uh, we talked about this especially in our uh, why we parentheses don't yeah. create episode. And this will hopefully be a little more practical than that episode. Yeah. But. <laughs> but, but it is a valid thing, and you need to realize that sometimes the only thing that's holding you back is you, the, yeah. the fear of you know even just getting started. And then sometimes it's you tend to procrastinate and have a different kind of fear. Like, say you've already started the project, then you get to a section like, I know this is going to be a pain in the butt to write. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to stop at endings, as yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then endings that. are hard. For for some reason, I have a hard time pulling the trigger on the end. I don't know why exactly. It's um, Well, I think for you, you've said sometimes that it's like you've mapped out so much already so that when you get to the end of it, then you're like, okay, you've already kind of done with the story mentally in a it, sense. It's sometimes done mentally or sometimes like with String, not String, with uh, Squire, it was partly that I'd hit the emotional like I had done my my great emotional scene, and then it was like finishing up things, uh-huh. um, and well, it was hard. And the thing is, the end of Squire, which we started this whole uh, Daryl Trains thing back, in yeah, episode when one, you, well, you're with finishing the end, yeah. Um, and it and was we're part still of, talking you know, about it. <laughs> I know. Imagine that. Um, but it was it was partly logistical, mm-hmm. and it was partly just whatever this fear thing is. And I just last night finished the very end of part two of Strand Fred. Oh, I, yeah. I, I sat down and I pounded out about 1,100 words in like an hour. And oh, wow. It's probably too sparse, but... But another, it's there. It's there. And here's another thing of uh, writer's block. Uh, sometimes you're afraid of it not being perfect. Yes. And I think that might be part of it for me with endings. But mm-hmm. you're like, okay, this scene needs to work just right for this book to work. And then you don't write because you're like, oh, that's not quite right. And that's not quite right. And uh, in a little bit, I'll get it. And yeah. year passes and you're like, maybe I should write that Stern Fred scene. Uh-huh. Um, Quick side note, I, th- yeah. I think I should throw in here. Obviously, since we're talking about writer's block, this would be primarily focused toward writing. That's true. We don't have much of the filming. But there's there's some of this. I think there's some, if you use your imagination, you can apply some of these same thoughts to other creative projects. Yes. I mean, getting started in any project is scary. And I, th- and I think the fear factor and the and the a fear of not doing it as well as it should be done mm-hmm. in any sort of creative endeavor. Oh yeah, I mean whether it's just the fact that I don't know that you personally can tell the story or that you it's so easy to look at other people's works and say I'm never going to be like them. Yes, <laughs> but you have to remember that at some time those people also and probably still have some of the same thoughts as like I'll never be as good as such and fill such person. Yeah, yeah, fill in the blank. So every every writer, every creative person has these fears. And I, I know I mentioned on the podcast at some point um, the the War of Art that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that that book is largely about the fear, or he calls it the resistance, that thing inside of you that stops you from doing the creative thing, and you find anything else you can do humanly <laughs> possible besides sitting down and doing it. Yes. Okay. So that that's the big mental one. Mm-hmm. What else do we got here? Um, let's see. We talked about fear. Sometimes there is just a lack of inspiration. And, and, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes you're just like, I don't feel like doing it today. I'm tired. I, you know, what, for what, you know, some, you have ups and downs in your. Sometimes, yeah, you, you can have legitimate reasons yeah. why. And I don't know that necess- that's not necessarily always called writer's block, although I guess someone's wrestling with a period of writer's block, quote unquote, for a long time. That can be a part of it. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes it's just. Not just a fear thing, but you're like you you can't you just think of, to, you're not sure what the, what the next thing is. Yeah, supposed you're just to like be, okay, or, and I'm uh, nothing happens now. <laughs> you know the end. <laughs> yeah, and the, your story progress comes to a screeching halt. Yeah, or um, sometimes you get you hit a roadblock and you're like, I just don't know how to. I mean, not even lack of inspiration, just 
there is no good answer to where I wrote myself in. This is if you're more of a, not an outliner. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, and this has happened to you sometimes. Yes. I, I know that. And, and sometimes that's not a bad thing. Like if you come to this halting place, yeah. I know you've like put a story on the back burner for a long yeah. time, then come back to and it. Then, and, and I'll tackle that when we get to the. Okay. Um, on the, on the other hand though, then there's also, I see here on your list, uh, boredom, uh, wanting boredom. to start a new project. Yes. I read the other day, someone posted like, traits of a highly creative people. And one of them was actually get bored with projects before finishing. And I thought that was very interesting. Hmm. Um, I think people who tend to be more creative, this little article mentioned, they tend to love starting things and that's where, they're in, where the energy is in in the beginnings mm-hmm. and not as much at the ends. Um, at least, I think sometimes that happens to me. I'm not saying I'm a highly creative person. I'm just saying that resonated with me. Sure. Yeah, I love begin- beginnings are fun mm-hmm. and endings are, I don't know if boredom is quite the right word, but you know, when I play Final Fantasy games or role playing games, a lot of times like, oh, I got till the last dungeon and I'm done now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is just weird. Yeah. I don't, because I personally don't, I don't think I, you know, I think some writers live with their characters, like they're feeling with their characters and, you know, so they want to bring them to the end and. I'm a little more detached mm-hmm. in some ways. Well, even I think even like beside the ending part, there is a a possibility where you can, you know, you've just been writing the story for so it feels like so long or so thinking yeah. about it for so long and like, ah, I'm so sick of these, yeah. you know, this, that can happen. Well, then the thing is, new things are always fun because you're trying like, oh, I'm trying to write this new thing. And then you forget that after 50 pages, you're going to want something new. I yeah. mean, <laughs> it just, it happens. Yep, it happens. So that mo- that's most of our the ones we came up with. Well, and then there's right? w- there's one last one here, and that's stuck in the planning phase, which uh-huh, is okay. similar to the be- fear of beginning thing. But uh, again, that's just like the whole knowing it's not going to be as good as it is in your head. Well, and, part, and that, and I think some writers, I'm not much like this myself, but some writers they love the creating the world, the what, and then they they keep changing things or they keep tweaking the outer stuff. Because that's where their mind is, or whatever, and I don't know whether it's because they don't have a good, they don't have a story yet, or because it is a fair beginning. But that is certainly a special type of. From what I understand, Tolkien was very much in this realm of let's keep tweaking how I phrase <laughs> this scene or that scene, and yeah, that's why so many of his projects were in a state of incompleteness yeah. when he passed away. But yeah, because he kept the world kept evolving constantly. Because it was a, and I think that's a, a problem for world builders. Primarily. primarily yeah no i think that's true the interest is in the world and you keep finding new ways to play and you want to play with it but you keep like oh well here and, and you know so yeah. they make really good like role-playing books uh <laughs> yeah yeah i I, th- I think for me like when i get stuck in the planning phase it's more of the intimidation of getting started yeah. thing yeah and so. i think that's certainly part a large part of it for many people okay so okay those so are the problems those are problems you know your own problems probably yeah um most people do mm-hmm. but i want to kind of get the range so, okay, some, I'll just throw the first one out, kind of the basic where everything starts. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, and that's easy to say, but that really is, yeah. in many of these cases, the primary thing. Now, we'll hopefully have some ways to help you just do it. <laughs> I know, because that seems to be, it's usually when you see a list of how to get over writer's block, just do it. It's just, yeah. usually toward the top of the list. Put your seat in the, put your, your you butt know, in the seat. seat and, and, right. Yeah, yeah, basically. And I know there are some writers that really preach that, like, you got to write a thousand words a day yeah. or two thousand or whatever it is, depending on how and, professional and you think, are. Okay, so let's let's start find some practical ways we could just write. I think one for me is 
you know, the, the doing a thousand, you said, you know, doing it every day. What that does more than anything for me is it primes the pump. Mm-hmm. That if I take a break a week and then come back and then take another break a week, it's harder to get started. But if you're writing even just a little bit every day, you sit down for half an hour a day, your mind's unconsciously thinking of things yeah. between the sessions. And I think the you know the first week is hard because you sit down and like, ah. <laughs> but then, you know, I find this when I work with certain friends, then it's like, oh, I got ideas now. If I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, well, I'm at work. I'm like, oh, how about I do that? You know, that uh-huh. sort of thing. I know, um. Laura Fisher, who's been on the podcast yeah. before, has said she used, I can't think of the name of it offhand, Laura, if you're listening, leave, leave it in the comments. But there's some website or, or app or something that will, um, like, if you want, if you have a goal of how many words you want to write yeah. per day, you, you write it out in this thing, and so then it keeps track of it for you. And, as, and it's not even necessarily specifically your project. Yeah, it's just like, a thousand words. Just a thousand words. Just gibber, she, talk about your day, if you will. She has one, I think, or I saw one where... It will also, if you take too long to write, it'll start erasing your words. No. So you're like, <laughs> That's it evil. forces you to keep, keep, <laughs> to going. keep going. Yeah, there's all kinds of, and there's all kinds of apps like that. I mean. Mm-hmm. In some of those cases, when it's not even about specifically your story, I think the idea is that you're training yourself to get words down yeah. on page or in this case on the screen. Like I used to, depending on what time of life I'm in, sometimes I'll say, I'm going to write this many words. I find nowadays with a little busier and kid and stuff, I'll say, I'll sit down for from here to here every day. And if I get certain time words period. done, I'm uh-huh. done. If I get way more, I get way more. But at least sometimes, you know, some days, you know, getting a thousand words is going to kill you. I mean, yeah. and some days it'll come like nothing. So mm-hmm. I, I tend to do time more in my current state. Yeah, I think it's all about finding a goal or a motivation that's going to work for you to to get these words written or to to put in that time. Now, do uh, the, the just right. Now that sounds all fine and dandy, um, but if you're afraid of starting, you're afraid of not being right, you're still like, okay, I'll write five words and erase them, five words and erase them, <laughs> and then you really have to turn off your internal editor, I guess, as they call it. And, I, mm-hmm. and and that's not always easy for people. Yeah, it's very important for writers to get in there in the mindset of that the first draft doesn't have to be perfect in fact that's why it's called a first draft and, it's a yeah, rough draft and i'm not real i'm not real great at this yet i think i'm better than i used to be yeah um but i find for me personally typing on a computer is not good for first draft if you if you if i'm purposely trying to be fluid uh-huh. i need paper to be fluid because I can make notes, I can cross things out, I can make arrows, I can make things and notes and things, and then I'm, and then I feel like I just throw stuff down here. When I type it up, I can clean it up, and that's sort of my mental. Yeah, I know break. that's how you do it. Me, I try to literally write as I write would uh, drive me nuts. It, it take too long, yeah, because like, my brain typically works faster than, um, than just my hand would. Yeah. I mean, I can type faster, is what yeah. I mean. So, I mean, again, you got to do what, what works for you. I think I can usually get sentences and even paragraphs out before I'll like, if I lose my place, I'm like, okay, then I'll, I'll go back and read through and yeah. stuff. But with like New Walls Rising, I think I especially tried to uh, not do a whole lot because I knew I would have an editing phase. Yeah. And I remember, I don't remember if I've mentioned it on the podcast before or not, but I did read a book once by one of the Muppet writers yeah. um, who did a lot of writing for Sesame Street. And he said one of his very first writing jobs ever um, he wasn't really trained. He didn't go to school to be a writer specifically or anything like that. Um, and he was having a hard time getting started. It was like some commercial or technical thing. To help him get started, his boss told him, well, write out the Lord's Prayer. And then he asked him, well, is this what you 
what your final product to be? And he's like, well, no, it needs to say this and this. And he's like, okay, well then erase that first line and then write how you think it should start. Yeah. For this guy, his name is Joseph Bailey. If you want to read the book, it's called Memoirs of a Muppets Writer. <laughs> um, but for, for him, the lesson he learned was he found it easier to change what you've written than to, to get it down. Yeah. So, I mean, as, but I mean, the point is, as long as you get it down, you can change yeah. it and make it what it needs to be first. Yeah. So, as long as you've got words down, that's a place to start. I was just throwing, this is not really related technically to writer's block, but also when you're typing on the computer, having a computer attached to the internet is uh, <laughs> dangerous. Dangerous. And yeah. there's all kinds of things about that. You know, I, li- I like when I'm typing on the computer, I used to on my Mac laptop, which I don't use anymore. I have a, I use Scrivener, but you could go into blank screen and it was just, there was no anything. Nothing was just else. The white screen. Yeah. And that was, mm-hmm. I really like that. I wrote I, a lot of snort like that. I, I know I've heard from one writer who they did an interview on uh, World, I think I'm listening at yeah. some point, young adult writer, and you might have heard of it, I don't know. But uh, what he would do, he'd go to Starbucks, do some of his social networking yeah. stuff, then he'd activate an app, I believe it's called Self Control, that basically turns off the internet for yeah. like a set period of time. Yeah. It doesn't give you any access to any of that. And I think I think it's customizable, so you can just limit it to like certain websites or something, the ones yeah. that you know are too dangerous for you. Yeah. So <laughs> there's another tool nice. that some people have used. So obviously, um, finding, you know, I think I think a rhythm, if you can get one going, is very helpful for priming the pump. Mm-hmm. Find, finding a way, whatever it is, to turn off your editor and get going. Mm-hmm. I had one that I was going to go into next, but you have the list, so you can start yeah. while I'm thinking. <laughs> I had one. Well, I think uh, an important one, again, if, if fear is a primary, is a big factor in that is uh collaborating or getting someone else to yeah. to if you can have and then that may sound scary to some people but having another person either just someone to read it and to kind of guide you along with it or better yet if you can find another writer to yeah. kind of work on it and and hopefully someone who's not just going to be like a yes man necessarily oh but yeah also one that's not going to be like gonna be super nitpicky because the problem with some editors is they want the story they want and not the story you're trying for. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, true. If they're not used to doing that sort of thing. Right, right. And it can definitely make a big difference. I mean, if you find, if you're interested in writing or really in any creative field, when you find those people that you have, you share a common bond and some yeah. creatively, then, man, you got to well, stick close we're, to the We're people. here at the Ego and the Child, and apparently, you know, even these people did not all agree with each other about what should be <laughs> That's written. true. Lewis and Tolkien, um, well, Lewis liked pretty much all Tolkien stuff, but not yeah. necessarily vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I wonder, did Tolkien ever say anything about um, the... Uh, space trilogy? Space trilogy. I don't know. I would think he would like that better. But I, I, I feel know. like he did because that would be more internally consistent. Yeah. Or, consistent? I think so. Cohesive? Cohesive. Probably both. Both. Um, okay, just because on my head, I'm going to start some... Um, because there are actual some writer's block that's like... You're trying to work out, you know, like, okay, I can write this, but this is not the best ending or not the best next mm. step. Or like uh-huh. this fight scene is going to be really a pain. Yeah. Or or some of the, the lack of inspiration. Mm-hmm. It's very important for creative people to find a, a creative rest, not, which is different than procrastination. Mm-hmm. Procrastination is like, I'm not going to do it, I'm going to watch TV or whatever. But all, but something that you go and do. The Star Wars trailer came out today. I must devote an entire hour now to exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> reading up on what everyone said and, you know, like... Back when Lost was on, and like I will spend the next two hours reading everyone's recap of um, <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, but um, but I think finding that finding that that type of rest that also lets allows you to be creative. You know, 
Mm-hmm. The guy, you had the example of the writer who'd go to the coffee shop and do his social networking. Some people like the background noise and being out in yeah. the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a sort of uh, energy there. I know I've mentioned many times right on the podcast, if I can go for a long walk with my iPod and I have some something I'm stuck on, it will work, you know, and I found I come up with all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and I think having those, the, the sort of rest that isn't escaping or isn't, not many, not even escaping, just that is purposely set up to help you be creative. I think I read back in high school that uh, walking or pacing actually does, it's scientifically proven that it does help stimulate thought okay. and help. And that's, that's been true for me too, not necessarily sometimes with creative writing, but even yeah. like school papers and stuff, yeah. you know, when you're just trying to figure out where you're going to thing, I'll, I'll pace my bedroom or wherever yeah. I can. And it, I don't know why it works, but I guess perhaps it's something because of the way the, the blood flows, it circulates yeah. through the brain a little bit easier. And, and, and it's amazing how the body is attached to the mind. I mean, well, how we move and do stuff sometimes, you know, yeah. much better than just sitting around on your computer staring at it. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> you know, we say just right, but sometimes the best thing is to not stop writing. Yeah, yeah, to stop. And knowing the difference between the fear, which basically is just right, mm-hmm. and the, this is maybe not, uh, John Cleese, I watched an interview with, he did gave this talk one time about being creative. And he said lots of things about how to be creative. Um, but one thing is that he, he tended to be the most creative just because he spent the longest time thinking about it. Like, he didn't take the easy answer. He, the, he Like, for the end of a skit or something. Okay. Here's what uh-huh. was the easy thing to do. And then he'd keep wrestling with it past that. Okay. Um, and a lot of it was just having that time wrestling with it. And, you know, if you have a friend throwing ideas off. Mm-hmm. I like to see if, you know, Tim and I were brainstorming the other day about uh, chilling the wells. And I'll just throw things out that weren't expected because maybe it'll work. Yeah. Maybe not. It might maybe be not. dumb, but who knows? Dumb, dumb things are not necessarily bad. And sometimes you have to now analyze dumb things to kind of get to, okay, if, if not that, then what are we yeah, going why for? Why is this not working? Why would this yeah. not work? Or, uh-huh. You know, because sometimes it was interesting. Nathan called me um, like two days ago. He's working on a short story for an anthology. He just starts talking to me and he's like, oh, okay, I know what, you know, he just had to vocalize it in some ways. And then <laughs> yeah. he's like, okay, I like this more and more. I, and I said, hey, I think that's a good idea. And you thought about it. He's like, yeah, things to sit in your head unformed yeah. until you either write it or say it. Mm. It's not quite real. It's not too unlike, you know, if you've got something that's stressing you, you yeah. know, and they say it's, you don't want to keep that bottled in. You got to let yeah. it out some way. You got to talk to someone about it. Now it's interesting. Uh, Natasha, my wife, when she's creative, she, if she has an idea. She does not like to tell anyone. She says as soon as she speaks out loud, she doesn't want to write anymore. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hmm. Which is. Uh, interesting phenomena. Yeah. So, so uh, again, you got, it, it's very different for everyone, but I think finding mm-hmm. those, those creative patterns for some people might be going to a movie i think i wouldn't be creative in no. plays musicals yeah like i like mu- musicals make me after that i want to write a musical like i just, <laughs> i'm like brimming with like ideas and stuff yeah music it's music but um <laughs> it's all music it's all music <laughs> and just that energy and that excitement and that mm-hmm. you know then you're like oh wait oh yeah i wouldn't put excitement in my book too <laughs> you yeah. know but after a while it just like in his words and blah, 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 blah. yeah yeah no you gotta sometimes you, you do need to find that spark of inspiration mm-hmm. of like why do i like imagining things again you yeah. have to go find go watch that pixar movie or, or miyazaki or whatever is gonna like just spark it and, in I, and again. you know and i completely agree with that and then there's also times where it's worth writing even when you have nothing i always have this example i was writing my first string fred book i wrote oh, a chapter a week and mm-hmm. sent it out to people 
And there's this one chapter, just horrible. It, it just took me forever, and it was horrible to write. And the, the and later on, I thought, oh, this is one of my better chapters. But <laughs> some, it, it, it's a funny thing with writers. Just because you're excited about a scene doesn't mean it'll end up being a good scene. Mm. The the emotional or some just because a scene or chapter felt like you were pulling teeth out doesn't mean that it was. It's going to feel like that when you reread or when reader reads it. Mm, interesting. Um, that I think sometimes you have to get to this point where it can be good, and sometimes and many times it is good, even if you don't feel it as you're pulling it out of you. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and that there there is this sense of you know you just do it because you do it. You know, just right. Right. I mean. You want to have the creativity and whatever, but once you get it flowing, sometimes it's just like, there. I think there's times where you just push past the wall, like runners have in marathons, you know, you just, mm-hmm. you just do it. I, I think a useful, perhaps, guide to like, when, when do I do, do yeah. this and whatnot, is, is having goals with your writing yeah. um, or with your projects. If you know that you want to have a book finished or done you know a certain you want to be at a certain place yeah. in your book by a certain time that will give you all the more motivation to push through those yeah. moments like you say and, and especially if someone who's you know if it's just your own goal you'll be like ah oh, i'm moving up week or oh. no especially if you have someone else saying hey where's your book yeah <laughs> you know or where's that chapter you promised me i mean i know it's not the best way to do it but i know even when i was in school and grad school I, I was one of those people that i needed the deadline of this is due tomorrow and, some, yeah some people don't work unless they have the the adrenaline of deadline yeah and <laughs> and i can't say that it's always that way but there's a lot of times when like that would come about it's like i couldn't do it too far in advance i could get you know maybe a little tidbit here and there yeah. think about sort of the, sort of stuff but a lot of the big push would have to be like the day before day and night before um and so if it's a personal project you know not something that you're doing for work or anything yeah. like that you'll need some sort of like artificial means of of making meaningful deadlines now what do you think having just said that i'm going to not play devil's advocate okay is it worth then sometimes putting a project on hold for indefinite parts of time is that wire's block that you should just push through or is it sometimes beneficial to let a project sit oh i think it's absolutely beneficial i mean you've proven it a couple times (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know what would happen if i didn't let it sit but yeah i was i was asking because i've done this just recently actually i was writing a short story I kind of got stuck. Like, I kind of knew where I was going. I'm like, uh, I, and I probably could have pushed through it. But while I'm brainstorming for that, I got an ending for a story I started a year before. So I'm like, I'm going to go finish that story now. <laughs> um, well, and that's what I mean by it depends. I don't know if I said it, but I think it does depend on what the project is. I mean, there's some that you're going to... Ha- you have to get done. Th- there's some that you know that you you have a certain kind of priority for. Yeah. You know, yeah. like your uh, recent... Uh, book for children as well yeah you have to finish it one way or yeah yet you you know deadline and i know you were like unsure about some things and if it had been just a a personal thing just kind of for your lark or for practice then you like i also have to sit for a while yeah but in that case you're like you had to push and it ended up being much better than i thought it was when i was writing yeah so i mean (laughs) you can't always trust your gut reaction right and I think it's totally fine. Again, some of these projects are going to be more for yourself yeah. than for other people. And I know even hearing from writers like, uh, I think it was J. Michael Straczynski, he's always working on something. He gets stuck in one, he just moves to something else that he always has the flow of creativity going and sometimes just mm. moves. And I mean, obviously when he was doing Battle on 5, he just pumped out scripts because he had to. Sure. I remember reading one, he, he's like, he's, he had like 101 degree fever and he doesn't remember writing half of it. But he oh, just, wow. He just does, because that's him. He's crazy. Yeah. But you yeah. know, when he when you're after that, when he's just the sort of guy who just kind of floats around 
doing whatever he writes. You know, he just yeah. he's always writing something, and somebody just moves it around. I, Stephen King might do the same thing. I'm not completely sure. But a lot, a lot of the writers write a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. partly because they're always writing, even if they put something on hold for a bit to let it simmer. Mm-hmm. And I do think, I mean, a lot of creativity is done unconsciously. There is something to be said about letting something sit, but you need to know when is it for logistical reasons or when is it because you're afraid of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know for going away from writing for a yeah. little bit, I know uh, part of even the podcast, because, you know, Every once in a while, it's like, is the podcast really all that worth it? We don't really have that many people listening to yeah. us. But, you know, it's it's a continual outlet. And that's yeah. in, in that sense, it's useful. And, you know, you and I get to have fun conversations. It really doesn't take too much out of my time. Any, not nearly as much. Point, yeah. To, yeah, at this point, not nearly as much to put it out there. I mean, the weekly hijack, I can do. I, I purposely right. do that on a like very quick turnaround because yeah. of, you know, wanting to get out soon after the recent episode well and the nice thing about like also you know things nice like push. the weekly hijack is you know it's an excuse for us to not just absorb things but to process yeah you know a lot of creativity i mean whatever you're doing you're basically just processing life and turning it into something That's i mean sometimes yeah. sometimes in a in a very just re- reaction you know recapping sort of way mm-hmm. or my response like you know got reaction is sometimes like here's things i feel about life that i would like to communicate to other people whether it's like adventure and you know wonder or it's some sort of philosophical treaties or whatever it is mm-hmm. or meta or romance or meta or, yeah and and <laughs> we learn all kinds of stuff talking about that you know so I, the- I tend to come up with more stuff after the podcast is over you know because you get it you get it all talked out you get the norm the the, the surface level things kind of shook out uh-huh. and then there's that space in your brain that's like making connection like oh yeah we just talked about that or this or yeah um it's been very strangely serendipitous sometimes yeah. but yeah that's the fun of just again just being in the creative process no matter what and it I is. think that's that's the that's why people say just right because if you're not putting the words down you haven't yet created anything mm-hmm. and until you're creating something you can't have the serendipitous things coming together i mean you can have some of it but i think you get a lot more everything starts connecting more once it's put down on paper the act of actually T-R-E-E means a tree, and it's now out of my head as an image and now on paper as a mm-hmm. word. Now I'm getting philosophical. But. <laughs> well, it reminds me, I've been reading Proverbs lately, and there's a number of those, you know, when you're in the actual yeah. Proverbs part of the Proverbs, there's a number of these that are about the hard worker basically bringing life, but the, yeah. the lazy or the sluggard or whatever just kind of wasting away. Yeah. Which the inclination is, you know, especially in modern world, just take it easy, chill as much as you can, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But the long, it's true. The long, sometimes the longer you do that, the more, you know, you get overweight or you just get completely yeah. lethargic and it, it sucks the life out of you yeah. by, by too much inactivity. We're and, not meant to be dead seas. We're meant to, I mean, not just things going in us. Yeah. The dead seas because nothing, it doesn't flow out. It doesn't flow out. Yeah. So you got to be able to let it, let it out. Let it go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I guess one thing I wanted to mention, too, is that they always say, I think I've probably mentioned on the podcast, you know, you need a million words of crap before you get something good. Mm-hmm. And that's not happening if you're just going to wait for it to get perfect, mm-hmm. which is why it's annoying where you have this great idea and you write it and it, it doesn't turn out as well. And you can revise it and make it good. But at some point, I think you just move on. Mm-hmm. Like I always use a Miyazaki example. 
most of his movies are all basically the same idea. You know, <laughs> there's a lot with of different angles, different. Yeah, there's emphases. a lot of repeating themes. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. I think that's most people. If you're going, if there's something you really want to say, well, keep saying it over and over again, and eventually you will say it in a way that makes sense to people. Now, can you say that again, Nick? Yes, if you no. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's most of what I had. I mean, again, I guess it's not. You wish you had these like. Here are 10 steps to do it. But, you know, <laughs> life is not actually that simple. I mean, yeah. you can sell blog posts really well that way. This is derailed trains of thought, not BuzzFeed. No. <laughs> I mean, BuzzFeed is what like, people are like, I want to write a book. Here's 10 ways to do it. Or I want to be popular. Here's 10 ways. But it's not that simple. It's Life is life. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you got, yeah, but I think you got to know when to, when to hold it, when to fold it. Um, know when to walk away and know yeah. when to run. Yeah, exactly. On that I, I, very I philosophical <laughs> musical note, I like we, I, no, I, I mean, I think there's some good practical advice there, but but you got to know which one's this pro, you know, which one is you, yeah, which one is you, yeah. yeah. So All what right. do we have next? Next, uh, I think it will go for a soundtrack. If the podcast does nothing else, I get to listen to good music every um, two weeks, and my <laughs> brother gets to skip it. Um, <laughs> he, he doesn't even know you just said that, by the way. <laughs> we can make fun of Zach as much as we, we want now. <laughs> Zach, Zach, Zach. Okay. Um, anyways, so this song is Magnet Missiles from Mega Man 3. You cast man- Magnet Missiles. <laughs> I attack the darkness. <laughs> um, I chose this one because when I wrote the only time I ever did National Novel Writing Month, and I had to try to just churn out, well, it was supposed to churn out 50,000. I did 25 because 50,000 is rough um, for me at that rate. But I wrote Buckethead, and every day I would sit down and write a chapter in about 1,000 words. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played this song nonstop. This is the unofficial theme song for Buckethead. It is a lot of fun. And if you can't write something exciting after re- listening to this 10 times over, you have no soul. So, <laughs> wow, harsh. <laughs> so this is remixed by JJT, Pitaretti, something like that, and Zyko. Okay, here we go. Enjoy.
All right. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that soundtrack. If not, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> uh, no, but now we will go to... What if... Right. Well, we should, you know, we thought about doing like a what if Tolkien wrote a time travel episode, and then we actually re- did some research on that. Now that's just fun. We just <laughs> I had to throw that in because Tim and I did some research on this time travel thing he he was going yeah. to write in about Numenor, except also taking place in the nineteen forties, no eighties. Oh, eighties. You're right. It was nineteen eighties. Yeah, it, but it was like partly inspired by the Inklings. It was weird. It's weird. And, I mean, and they're like, like they're like fake memos and notes of this writing club. Yeah. I mean, look up the Notion... What is it? Notion Club? The Notion Club. Look, Yeah, look it up on Wikipedia. It's I guess crazy it, stuff. It's in one of the History of Middle Earth books, but... I mean, we were talking meta last episode. That this is, is kind of... Yeah. And I, I'm really curious. It said... The article said something about at some point C.S. Lewis had wrote written like some commentary on the lay of Luthien. Was it Luthien or was it... I don't remember now, but, but he had written like... Like a history commentary. It's like they Yeah, it's like where these where the, the, the script or the where the papers, the original, you know, manuscripts. artifacts, manuscripts came from. I mean it was just because <laughs> had the internet, I don't know what would happen. <laughs> so it, it would have anyway, been fun. Fan but that's not our what if today. Yeah. Our what if is so I live in a small town in Kendallville and I'll drive to work and home from work and then go past our little two theater two um, screen strand, theater. Two screen theater, uh-huh. the strand. And there's always on the billboard the two movies that are playing. And sometimes I read them and I think it'd be fun, you know, and I try to read them as one movie, you know, and I think well, that would be an interesting movie. Well, because like, I'm sure they, they tend to abbreviate sometimes. And sometimes they abbreviate, yeah. Yeah, so. So what got me thinking about it, and I thought we'd just discuss what this movie would look like. Okay. The first one that really, really got me was Cinderella Insurgent. <laughs> so I thought, okay, now that's a Cinderella movie I'd go and see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, so is this a... Are we going Cinderella as in like an actual princess with a dress and stuff, or is it more the term like Cinderella, like kind of I guess, underdog type thing? Well, my gut reaction was more the the gut reaction like um like maybe it's like a like a dystopian sci fi, okay? Okay. Um and it's you like know Wachowski's type thing. What kind of thing? Yeah, and then you got this upper class full of these, you know, capital esque people. Uh-huh. You know, and then the Cinderella insurgent is the person who has disguised herself as one of these upper class people, ah. you know, in order to overthrow the prince. See, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And she has her she has her glass slipper that she can talk back to the base with. <laughs> you're going uh, so you're going for a, a pretty straightforward route in that sense. Then. I, in that in that was my that was just my initial thought. Cinderella insurgent. <laughs> okay, you could almost go. What if it was the opposite way? I don't, this doesn't make any kind of logical sense, probably. <laughs> but what if it's like a, a society of of all like vagabonds and you know people who like basically just live in filth, and then you've got this insurgent of people that want to like everyone to clean up and dress up nicely oh, and stuff. I, I, no, I like that a lot because the Cinderella <laughs> insert because. She's the one who's decided to go to the ball, and uh-huh. everyone else is like, "What's a ball?" Yeah, you know, <laughs> like we're living here with the mice and stuff. Yeah. What's your problem? <laughs> I kind of like, yeah. <laughs> so okay, so there's 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 two versions. We can come at least one. Okay, so Cinderella Insurgent. Um, so now are we are we going real deep into this one? Or are we? Trying I would to- do, those are two quick ones. If we can think of another one quick, I'll go with it. Otherwise, I'll go to the next. Like what happened the week after that showed up on the show. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, you want to go into another pairing? Yeah, another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's go with that. Another pairing? Yeah. Okay. So then the next week, well, the next week, then it was Home Insurgent. 
um, which that doesn't work. And, uh, it's, home or, insurgent. What was home? Home is that it's like an animated film about these aliens. Apparently, it's real cute and funny. Oh, okay. I have not seen. I it, think but I completely other missed that one. Apparently, um, well, family things stay a long time here in Canada. It'll be there. No, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, or insurgent home. How about that? Insurgent home. Like maybe it's like a a nursing home for people who tried to overthrow the government but didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, see, see, I was thinking about this household that was like that formed like a mini rebellion in of, of itself. Oh, like, but like, but like the renegade homeschoolers. Yeah, yeah, it needs to be like a, like some sort of like um, modern like it talks about cynical America. You uh-huh. know, like it's like in one of these perfect housing additions and there's this one home that decides to be completely different and crazy <laughs> like everyone else's house is like you know nice white and yeah. blue stripes and then you've got one that's purple with pink yeah polka dots yeah or yeah and everyone you know everyone else are like doctors and lawyers and stuff and these people are like circus <laughs> a circus like acro- like a circus or yeah <laughs> It would be awesome. I, I like it. Insurgent home. Insurgent home. <laughs> be great if the home itself moved. Like it was on like it could like. So it was like around. the the island and lost. I guess. Well, you could drive around and or maybe go. or maybe like the wheels popped up and so it's a yeah, transformer house. I mean, it's a circus. Play, you know, it's a circus true. house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And so it like <laughs> so it breaks through the crusty upper class of I don't know why I have the upper class Adele. Cinderella's gone, but <laughs> it's left over. The insurgent thing. So. Insurgent thing, yeah. Yeah. Insurgent home. I like that. <laughs> That's nice. All right. So you have Unless there's a home so people who make homes for insurgents. Oh. Like like it's a behind the scenes, like the people who do the architecture <laughs> who build the bases for the people. Like like a, like a day in a life sort of slice of life sort of story. So today we we're working on our our fourth rebel base for <laughs> for the. I mean, I, I think it's like a awesome. it's like a documentary. It's about, a documentary about making rebel bases. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That would be, I'd go watch that. <laughs> so it's like it's like the, all that like in the background is all this war and stuff. But it's just talking uh, to the one guy who yeah. And so this one we made with these double doors that came down, and we really worked hard on how the alarm sounds. So it sounds. Warning, but doesn't you know get underneath your skin? We we particularly like having uh, titanium on these walls because it's not as expensive as pure platinum. It's it, you know these rebels don't have a huge budget, but this stuff it, it's plenty strong. You know it's going to take them the tanks at least five tries to bust through. This this most recent one we're working for for this new insurgent over here was supposed to be a floating ocean base. And this was really pushing our... We had to pull out all the stops on this one. You know, and then, you know, they got the moon base. and the, I mean, that'd be... That'd be fantastic. Why, we need to make that. <laughs> okay, Tim, next episode, I think we need to have ep- radio episodes of this from now on on, <laughs> on the podcast. Insurgent Home. Insurgent Home. Be like something they'd show on HGTV. Exactly. You know, they had to do Tiny Home in the Treehouse... You ever seen those like Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like the treehouse one. Yeah. It might be like that. Yeah. Oh my, my mom loved my mom loved the treehouse. The treehouse ones, the tiny homes and stuff. We need one insurgent home. The projects for people with or, way or too like much money. Or like the ones who do the 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 um the the preppers. The end time preppers, you ever seen that? When they prep oh, for the end yeah. time, they okay, show yeah. their bunkers and stuff. Uh-huh. Okay, insurgent home. Um any Same real audience, TV yeah. sh- show people out there, we will sell you this idea. Mm-hmm. We just want, you know, we put our names in, in, yeah. the, in the credits. credits and give us a little money, some royalties. Yeah. You'll be set. You'll okay. be set. This is a genius idea. <laughs> okay. So that's Home Insurgent. Okay. So did you have any other yes. parents? Yes. And then uh, last week, I drove by, and it was Home Furious 7. 
Wait, Home Furious 7? Yeah, because Home's still playing, but now okay. Furious 7 is playing. So it's Home, Home Furious, Furious 7. 7. So this is the seventh in the franchise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or it could be seven people. Well, I was going to say, it could be like Big Hero 6. Yeah. You know, type thing. <laughs> no, that's the sequel. <laughs> it's Big Hero 6 and Home Furious 7. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm picturing like some sort of family drama thing, like <laughs> of, of like WE wrestlers. It's sort of like you, <laughs> what was because didn't Hulk Hogan have like some sort of uh, reality show at some point with his family and them all I know, yelling? I know at each there's other? a Natasha. Well, oh, that's what it is. There's there's a reality TV show on right now. I saw advertising before where they're Undertakers. They okay. they own a funeral home uh-huh. at night or in hobbies. They also do like like Meyer League. Pro wrestling, like 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 luchador sort of stuff. Okay, like the same family, like it's different buildings. I'm assuming. Well, I think they're just involved in the in the oh, okay. in the fighting, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's what the, you're, you're talking. Remind me, Home uh, Furious Seven. Some business families, it's they're interesting. Well, or Furious Home Seven, I guess. <laughs> um, but it's like, have you ever heard? It's of like, let, let's run a coffee shop, a Taekwondo studio, and a motorcycle shop who and a rental that. shop. That's that's ridiculous. Yes. And a bookstore. What kind of crazy family? Um, for a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> insanity. Who would do that? Um, have you ever heard of Home Stuck? I've heard of it. I don't really I've know what it is. I tried a little bit. It's like it's MS. I don't get it. I was there. It was Home Furious 7 makes me think of Homestuck. Okay. Um, is it a webcomic? It's kind of. It's like Sounds an like MS a very... paint adventure is what they call it. But like they keep adding things. You like click through the pages and I don't I don't get it. I'm sure someone listening has some idea what it is. I don't. Sounds like a weird corner of the internet. Yes. Maybe. maybe they have we'll soundtracks have to... and stuff they sell. I mean, it's crazy. Maybe that's something we should explore, and it came from the interweb. We should. Sometime. We should do that. So, okay, put the file it away. Footnote. Okay, so Home for Year 7, we still don't have a good... Yeah. Um, um, maybe they're all... Here we go. Okay, it's like Con Air. Okay? Okay. So it's this house of, like, all these, like... For whatever reason, you have to have someone sort of set up, but there was all these, like, very dangerous criminals, but under house arrest, all in the same home. Okay. But it's kind of like a Con Air comedy action... Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of forced caper, to work together type thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe they're all they're 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 all kinds of different types of criminals. Some of them are dangerous. Some of them are not. They're all stuck under house arrest in this one house. Maybe there's a blackout, and you know, yeah. <laughs> and they're forced to work together. Yeah. And... Home Furious Seven. Okay. Here's another idea. This is actually a spinoff series from Home Insurgent. Okay. Because so you, you've got the house that's on wheels or whatever, yeah. right? Okay, that so, version of Home Insurgent. Yeah, that that part of Home Insurgent. Okay. So you got your house on wheels, and then so picture it like basically house monster trucks. Oh. <laughs> so now, nice. The, so you're keeping a little bit more of their actual Furious Seven thing, but then the idea is that you've got all these houses that are like you know going. It's like Rock'em Sock'em. Um, yeah. Um, robot. Real steel. Real steel. Yeah. yeah. The the house. Or maybe maybe they can be you know maybe demolition derby. Maybe I like to throw things in weird genres. Maybe the home home furious. They're they're like escape pods from worlds or something. Like they're homes. Like they're the well, they're in space. They're like floating like little home worlds, little tiny oh, things. Okay. Or maybe they're like. Seven of them, and only one is left. This is number seven, like Babylon Five. You know, this oh, is wow. Home Furious Seven. Oh. <laughs> um, Interesting. And I'm not sure where to go with that. I'm not sure why it's furious. <laughs> <laughs> is the planet? Is it a sentient planet? No, I don't think they're. 
I think it's like the name of the ship. It's Home Furious. You know, it's like oh, like okay. Babylon Five is the Home Furious Seven. Oh, okay. You know, okay, it, gotcha. like like maybe the plant blew up, like Krypton, and there's there were seven ships sent out holding the population. They were homes, mm-hmm. and maybe they were all based on like you get it get all weird. They're all based like sins or something. Like there's Home Gluttony Seven or One, <laughs> and I don't know. It was. I just, it made me think of, in in Green Lantern, there actually is a sentient planet. Oh, well, it could be. I'll dig Home Fury 7. But I mean, that's just the, I don't know, it came to mind. But But I don't, so maybe this is the last surviving of the seven, like the others are just gone. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. I'm not sure. I I haven't quite worked out. You know why it would be called Home, I get the Home 7. I don't know why the Furious. Yeah, why the Furious, yeah. If it is the last of its race, then it wouldn't be kind of ticked off that it's the last one, maybe. Maybe you could pull in some Greek mythology. You know, the Furies were like the ones who would tell the future. And so <laughs> I'm going Jupiter ascending like weird sort of sci-fi here at this point, okay? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe you know, there's all this. These f- <laughs> That's just be weird, okay? <laughs> I'll say it anyways. As we said with um, getting rid of writer's block, you just say stuff. And, and something, like, no, something never mind. <laughs> and, you know, maybe they're, they were all like precogs. You know, so they could all see the future. Uh-huh. You know, so th- there's like the Fury. So this is Home Furious 7. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how that would go. Uh, can, can you imagine a whole colony of people can see in front in the future? I mean, you're just, that's either a deeply psychological thriller or a comedy. What? <laughs> 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 how is that a comedy? <laughs> if they could all see the future, you can't see how that would be a whole great comedic stuff. Some of the conversations. I mean, maybe like a heady comedy. Yeah, I, especially I, as they I'm in, maybe, maybe they in, they they encounter other other planets and they just mess with them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, that's, that's Home Fury Seven for you. Sure, we'll go with that, Nick. Okay. I think I think our audience what it, what there is of it needs to vote on which of these movies need to be made. Yes. Yeah, or TV show. them Home for Your Seven, like as that would be a TV, like a miniseries, like a Netflix original. Uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I I think the winner of this whole bunch has been the uh, the uh, Home Insurgent, Home Insurgent one. Yeah, or Insurgent Home. Where are we going with for that? I'd um for reality TV. It's home. Or, it would be insurgent. Home colon Insurgent. I think Insurgent Home. Insurgent Home. Yeah, I, okay. you probably saw it on the list. Is well, maybe, I don't. I don't, I don't remember which order it was in now. So that's what I got. I mean, this week it's a uh, mall cop two furious seven, which is a little harder to pull off. <laughs> it's one mad mall cop. <laughs> that's all you need to say about that. Yes, that's very. I like to see that. Like just like the Hulk as a mall cop. Mall cop two furious seven. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a seventh edition of the mall cop being too furious. Yes, exactly. That is awesome. <laughs> that is that's all that's all you need to know. That, that is all that's all you need to know. <laughs> it is a you turn to sci-fi and you watch it and you wonder where your hour went. <laughs> but well, that's what we got. That's all we got. And, and I think that's that was good. We had we had a long story school. Oh, did it go long? Story yeah. school. Okay, awesome. It didn't go a little bit long. Okay. Well, then I guess we'll. Uh, do you have any updates? You said you. Uh, oh, you- I'll do a note. Yes. I finished the second third of Strin and Fred. Now, I know it seems weird when I talk about it in thirds, but they were like, it's like, you know, Lord of the Rings, uh, each of the little books has like 
part one, part two, and they're very distinct. Mm -hmm. This book's really set up like that. It's like 85,000 words, the uh, second part. The first part's 65, so. The first two-thirds of your book are already longer than your previous book. Yes. Now, I was telling Natasha today, book three, partly why it's so long, it purposely tries to get rid of plot lines. I mean, book four should be more streamlined. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, I won't say it will be how much, how long it'll be at this point, I don't know. Right. But um, a lot of the plot lines by the end of this book coalesce. This book really is trying desperately to not let things go crazy. <laughs> That's the whole point of many of the plot lines. Right. Now, I've often, point, but... I've often thought the first two books, and this, won't, this analogy won't hold true for the whole Strin and Fred series because it's not as long, but the first two books of Strin and Fred were very much like seasons one of two of, of Babylon 5. Yeah. Like the first book, you kind of establish all the characters. Yeah. Second book, you kind of move everyone forward, but didn't really resolve anything yeah. yep. for the most part. Three resolves a lot of stuff, but so, not everything. So is book three... Uh, it's season, three and four together. See, seasons three and four together. And okay. book book four is part of four and five. It's what probably the way five should have been. Probably, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Because originally I had planned it on Babylon 5. I would watch Babylon 5 when I planned it, and it was supposed to be five books, but mm -hmm. it's not worth the fifth book. Yeah, I mean, for a very variety of reasons. So I did that. Um, do you released... still think the uh, one last question yeah, about this? Uh, do you still think at one point you said part three of book three, the yeah. strings section, would be the shortest in, of the book? Do you still think that's going to be the case? Here's my pro. I, I still think it'll, it'll be shorter than the second section, almost assuredly. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's as long as the first, simply because well, I don't think there's as much setup plot because it's a little more focused. The Fred section, which I just finished had a lot of characters running around, and I yeah. compressed it. The string section is basically string. Mm -hmm. But I do know that I always think endings can go faster than they do, and they take a lot more time. And the endings, a lot of tying a lot of stuff together. Oh, so From throughout the book? Yeah, from throughout the book. Oh. Um, so I could see it being as long, possibly as long as the first section. Okay. I don't think, I, don't, I think there's less plot of the strictly string stuff, but then there's the connect everything part. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, I finished your short story. That's right. Trudy. It's up on the website. Yep, up on wootworksofnick.com. Mm -hmm. And probably by the time this comes out, or soon after, the fourth uh, Jason story should be out, I would think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, or we, pretty close. We were aiming to get that out by the end of the month. Yeah. And so, and, uh, The Call of the Watchmen. Call of the Watchmen. I like it. I, I, I think it's a, a good step in the Jason mm -hmm. story. I mean, it leaves a lot of stuff unresolved, but it also moves a lot of things... It moves a lot of things forward mm -hmm. pretty quick and then throws some some, uh, some problems. And, yep. So there's some new characters. Some fun characters. Some, fun, some old characters. Some, some new characters. Yep. Uh, some young characters. <laughs> uh, anyone who's worried that it's going to be another... Uh, it is not Will's Orphan. It's not Will's... <laughs> a poor book. We, we misalign it. So, I mean, it's a good book, but it's, it's uh, we a like, certain it's, type of book. It's, it's easy to make fun of. <laughs> I mean, it's like you pick... You, you pick movies to riff that have a certain genre. It's just a genre that easy to make fun of. I mean, I love Will's Orphan. I think it's probably one of my best written Joan Wells books, hmm. just because of the, the poeticness of it, which is sure. partly why people. Well, don't again, like it, it. it's a very focused book. It's very focused. I mean, that's that's the strength of it. the The people, the thing that people kind of. It's sad. It's it's uber sad. That's, yeah. yeah, it's tragic. That's it's thing. not the end, luckily, but it's 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 an end. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like yeah. the Long Dark Night of Lando Malari. Yeah, essentially. Um, it's a Long Dark Night, Kalia Leeson. 
But this is a good time to get into Jason if you've not, yeah. because this book is kind of the beginning of the next uh, next arc. And next I mean, part. you can obviously read the first three, or we still got to put together a I think of this today uh, previously on. But you could jump in here pretty pretty easily once we throw that page of previously on. Yeah, I think I think so. I think so. It'll be you have some some references that might not make sense, but yeah, I th- I think some there'll be some things that'll be a little easier to condense. Maybe I don't yeah. know. We'll see. But yeah, that's coming so, up. Yeah, so yeah, so I got like all kinds of stuff getting done this month. Yeah, nice. awesome. I'm gonna do some, uh, and my hope is to do a little bit of buckethead work this month as well. Oh, I just figured I'm gonna just get that thing done. So. <laughs> Your edit on my it. I edit on it. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't take long in theory. So that's my life. Awesome. I don't have an update for you yet about. Uh, but you're considering. You mentioned something in the meta podcast that you were getting close to doing. Maybe. Yes, I still think I am, <laughs> <laughs> but. I, I have I always find this is one again one case where it's it's part procrastination the fear thing but then there's also I I kind of realize oh I had this Children of the Wells trailer thing that I kind of put in the back yeah. burner for a while because I needed to go find people to do voices for it yeah so but that's that's progressing and then we'll get hopefully do some more advertising for that and at the same time trying to trying to work on this other thing um, I don't want to put a name to it yet yeah. but soon so um. For our audience, please vote on your favorite what if. Also, um, we have a whole list of topics, but if there are topics that you would like to see us discuss, we'll always take uh, yes. suggestions. Because uh, always open to ideas. We're always ready to revamp our list. We look at it sometimes like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that today. <laughs> <laughs> this so. one has been on the list for a while. Yeah. I mean, probably even since the beginning, we knew, eh, we'll probably do writer's block eventually. Yeah. So Because it's a, it's a popular topic. Yeah. So we had to tackle it. So okay, but, uh, but so, it was a good one. Yeah. So introduce our soundtrack, and then we'll do our sign-off stuff. Yes. Well, I think we typically do contact info first. Oh, okay. Well, you can get a hold of us at derailedtrainsofthought.blogspot.com. That's our website. You can listen to us at a variety of places. We you can subscribe to iTunes. You may find our um, incomplete versions of the podcasts at mixler.com/derailedtrainsofthought. Uh, Stitcher we're on if anyone uses Androids mm-hmm. on YouTube or on YouTube. We update weekly hijack a lot more often than we do our regular podcasts, even though we think the our regular podcast is the meteor is the complete. But, one, but, but you want to hear us just ramble um, for about 10 to 15 minutes on shows. Fun stuff. Lost in once upon a time. Yep. Still ongoing. Get in on that. Meantime, let's do a soundtrack. Am I missing anything? I guess email derailtrains at gmail.com. Yep. Okay. For my soundtrack, what with a uh, old pun writer's block <laughs> so let's do tetris <laughs> dun, dun, blocks get it <laughs> okay this uh this song is called linear groove it is by uh remix by benjamin briggs i have no idea how to classify this <laughs> i think in dj's write-up or in dj pretzel's write-up he compared it to some band that, that does gypsy funk i'll take gypsy funk I it's guess all, it's kind of similar. I don't, again, it's catchy, it's fun, and it features like some of the type B music. Oh, I mean, it has the the Tetris theme that everyone yeah. knows, but it also has the other one, which doesn't get as much airtime. Gypsy funk sounds like a maze dude made up genre. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, I think this is this is the sort of music you'd only hear on OC remix. Yeah. But it's good stuff. It's upbeat and peppy, and I think you'll like it. Well, we bring it out. I think I think the Inklings are actually coming, and I really don't want to stay in their seats. Yeah, that's true. I, I feel we might get some stern looks and some lectures. Yep. Yeah, I'd <laughs> rather not get that. So I just had this image of like Lewis and Tolkien, like being like punks, like you're sitting on our seat. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> but we should we should draw that somehow. <laughs>
All right. Well, right. let's get out of here. All right. Adios, everyone. This is Nick. And this is Tim. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheerio. Ta-ta.